On Sunday, we entered our third week studying the book of Romans. Today, we'll talk about God's wrath, what it is, and more importantly, what it is not. We'll be introduced to the terms general versus specific revelation and hear some about how that affects our faith. And we'll discuss our tendency to elevate ourselves to the place of God rather than giving Him the glory He deserves. It should be a great discussion today, and we are glad you're here for it. This is After the Message. Welcome to After the Message podcast. Uh, we are glad that you have joined us today. I really wish you could have been here for the pre-message <laughs> message. Sean uh, and Josh got in a big fight. Yeah. <laughs> that yes. is not true. All because of things Mark was saying. So there is some truth Actually, in Actually, Sean, for those who want the accurate description, uh, Mark tried to challenge me to a, a tag team match that he didn't have a tag partner in. I, I, did, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't oh, bring man. it together, so, so I brought John. I was the so I went and tagged my partner, like... and my partner came off the top rope. It was oh, it was it was awesome. Just uh, when I thought I was beat up and out, fun, my partner came off the top. Fun conversation. He frog splashed from the top. I, I needed a, I needed another partner. <laughs> I thought Preston was going to step in with me, uh, but we were all trying to understand each other. Just, yeah, that's if right. Only we had a counselor in the room. It would have been, been great. Preston uh, just man. turned to listening. I'm just going to listen. I was so trying so to write. I, hear I was you like, say I need to write a question out of this. But what what is even the question right now? So I don't know. It was awesome. It was a great reminder that, you know, as long as we do this, there's always things that pop up that we go, yes. oh, let's think through that. Let's talk that's through right. that. And that is that is good for all of us. So uh, hopefully today will will be a good day if we can figure <laughs> out the answer to that on the podcast. No, so, no chance. Hey, we are three weeks in, right, to Romans. That's correct. And we are about three-fourths of the way through chapter one. <laughs> so uh, yes. if you don't listen to us often, that gives you a little bit of um, a feel for just kind of the pace. We're really going... Uh, at a good, slow, methodical pace through the book of Romans, and um, it's going to take us a while to do it, but I'm loving that we're not rushed and that we can kind of just camp out there Mm. on a small portion of the Scripture because Romans has a lot in it, and Mm. uh, even as we prepared for the podcast today, (laughs) we're like, we could have one question for the podcast today, but we're not. Mm. We're going to get a few more in there. So, Josh, you mentioned on the top end of the sermon, you said today um, may not be a day that you feel encouraged right? Uh, there are some sermons where you kind of walk out and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. This yeah. is this is what I needed for today or this week or whatever. And there's some where you walk out maybe in a little bit of a different feel. And you said, that's okay. That's right. Yeah. Well, because it's okay because it's in the scriptures. That's right. Um, and, and what we, again, I think we said it last week on the podcast, we need to remember when when the Roman church got this letter, they read the whole thing, like in one sitting. Mm-hmm. They didn't say we're going to, you know, read. There was no, actually, there was no verses and chapters, by the way. Uh, that comes way later for us to be able to study. Um, but they would sit down and read the whole letter. They're not saying, well, we're going to read a sentence and a half today, mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to ponder mm-hmm. on that, which is what we do. Uh, and we just happen to be in a section that starts Sunday, this past Sunday where we were, and moves on maybe, maybe almost three chapters. And it's tough because what Paul is doing is he is painting I believe, an accurate depiction of of who we are, Mm -hmm. the backdrop to the gospel, as it were. And so it is worse than you may believe, like our our sin nature and and the outcome of that sin nature. It's worse than we would believe. It's more disgusting. We we are more depraved than we would even Mm. think possible. But the word is going to teach us just how deep our depravity Mm. goes. Uh, And that's never comfortable when somebody tells you over and over and over again, and for us though, at our speed, weeks on weeks on weeks of, hey, you're broken. Hey, you're broken. Hey, you're broken. Eventually, 
you're gonna be like, I do not like this. Or you're gonna say, I'm broken. <laughs> I'm broken, I got it. Yes, so, so that's where we are. But hopefully uh, by the end of, of this past Sunday in the passage, uh, we, we each week are gonna try to tie the hope of the gospel mm. as we go slowly through it. Right, right. right. And so as we, as we jumped into this passage, particularly part of the heaviness of it is you you start to deal with this concept of wrath, mm-hmm. right? And none of us really, I don't think, like that idea, unless we're the ones bringing wrath. Sometimes we <laughs> like that, right? Um, but you pointed out there's there's kind of two words for wrath, mm-hmm. and we tend to get these mm-hmm. confused when we think about God. So what, r- remind me of the words. I tried to write them down. I'm not yeah, sure I wrote so, them down correctly. So themos, uh, or yeah. if you're looking at it, it's the, the transliter- transliteration is T-H-U-M-O-S. Um, almost like thermos. Mm-hmm. So, so think, um, and that's not this wrath. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so this wrath is ordgay, O R D G A Y, uh, and and the first wrath, that that themos wrath, is this idea of zero to wrathful, without thought, without concern. I use the illustration of a horsefly when it bites you, <laughs> like you just turn around, you're just trying to destroy its life and all the generations it came from. Because it inflicted pain on you, you didn't like yeah. it. And, and a lot of times, that is our wrath. That's the human nature. When we think of wrath, that's typically the one that comes to our mind. Mm-hmm. But the one that's used here is orge, and it's this idea of, of measured, methodical, uh, controlled, with great thought. Um, and it's specific to something. And his wrath isn't, um, and we may even talk about this in a second, it's not necessarily against what you did or didn't do it's why you did mm. what you did and didn't mm-hmm. do. Yeah. At the core of our sin, and, and he's going to go on to explain why that wrath is, is levied from heaven towards that mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. because they did something that is the exact opposite of what they were created yeah. to do. Yeah, Mark, I think you said that y'all's, maybe y'all's life group had talked some about kind of the core. What, what's the core of where That's his right. wrath, wrath is coming from and what it's directed toward? And yeah, yeah. I had some good conversation. No, it really was good because I think sometimes we do get lost in the actual uh, acts of sin or even attitudes of sin. And, and we try to change behavior and we think that God's wrath is mm-hmm. all about the behavior. Well, if you follow the progression here, what God really desires is to be glorified. He wants to be honored. Um, we talked about um, to, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, I can't remember, but it's, I want to appropriately give him the weight that he's due. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to ascribe. There ascribe. we go. That's good. That's a good so, word. Um, I, like I want to ascribe to him the weight that he's due. And what his wrath is a result of is when we ascribe that weight towards something else, mm-hmm. whether created things or ourself. And when, and when you talk about being a believer, the purest definition is someone who ascribes the glory to the one who deserves it. I mean, that's that's when we we trust that he's the Christ. We believe in what he's done, and we give him the glory for what he's what he has done. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, not just someone who does the right things. Now, I will agree that when we have that posture of my heart is all about ascribing him the glory that he is due. Well, of course, as a result, our behavior is going to change mm-hmm. because a part of the way that we give him that glory is through acts of righteousness yeah. and doing things that honor him. Yeah. But we get stuck up top and miss the heart of it. Mm. And particularly when we're talking to the, the lost world around us, if we focus on the top things and not lead them to the, the core issue, which right. is they have suppressed truth and diverted glory to something else, right. Right. Um, we're fighting the wrong battle. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Sean, that <clears throat> you were talking a little bit earlier today about kind of the behavioral change versus repentance, and what's the difference in those two things? Yeah, I, and I think that's that's key in us understanding. We'll say a lot of times we're not trying to get you to change behavior, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we're not careful, though, we'll paint a picture of well, I can just trust in matter. Jesus, yeah. and I can do whatever I want to do. But but repentance is about turning my heart away from wanting to give glory to something else right. and, and wanting to desire to give glory to God. Um, as you were talking about that, Mark, I was just thinking about, we also need to make sure we understand it's not just about giving glory to something else. It's also one about wanting to give glory to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So don't, don't necessarily take yourself out of the picture. Like our, our rebellion against God ultimately is seated in, if we go back to Genesis chapter three, is, is mankind's desire to have glory for himself. Mm-hmm. Well, I think and, even when you say that, the, the whole idea of giving glory to something else, if it's not God, if, essentially it's all self-serving anyway. That's right. mm-hmm. So sure. whatever you're going to glorify, it's going to make you feel good about you. Right. It's going to make you feel less bad about the things that you right. used to feel bad about. So you're going to glory in those things, but ultimately it's, it's glory in you. yourself. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because as you were preaching uh, yesterday, it it felt like maybe for the first time I'd heard it worded differently. Mm. That part of why we don't worship God is because we know that if we worship God, there's certain um, weight to that in terms of how we view ourselves. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as we as we want to view ourselves better, and as we want to like ourselves, then we have to compare ourselves to something other than God, so that we can yes. walk away going, I'm okay. Hundred percent. Because if we compare to God, we're we're not okay. If we compare to His standard of righteousness, right, we are not okay. That's exactly right. Yeah. But and, you know, and it, I think this gets into that general revelation idea in creation. Mm-hmm. So you think that you you climb to the top of a mountain. As you were climbing to the top of a mountain, Katie and I went and did a little getaway last summer, and it was great. We went to North Carolina, climbed to the top of this mountain. As you're trudging up, you know you're going up. You know you are off the ground. You know you're off the road. But you feel safe, and so you're, you see the canopy of the trees, and it's beautiful, but the higher you get, the more beautiful it gets. But there was a point that we got to the top of, of this trail, the trail trail in, trailhead, not sure what that's called. But anyway, the end of the trail, and we stood and turned, and you're looking over this entire mountainscape. Mm. It's awe-inspiring, it's beautiful, it's breathtaking, but it's also terrifying. Yeah. Mm. Because you feel like, oh no, if I take one more step mm-hmm. here, I don't know if I... I'll be able to hold myself up. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to fall down. And if I do that, so what do we do there? I mean, what normal common sense would say, step back from that. Get mm. away from there. Don't look mm. there. Go back to the safety of the trail. Go back yeah. to the safety of the car. Get away from that thing because yeah. that made us scared. That made us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's that general revelation that whenever we see something God has made, it's going to show us a bit of his divine nature. We press into it. It's going to overwhelm us as it should. It's what it was created to do. But in our fallen state, we generally don't run to it and say, yes, I desire this. This is great. We run from it and we hide from it and because we don't like feeling that way. So we replace that with something safer, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that is more desirable for us, which typically is... In, yeah. in the realm of spirituality, us. Us. Yeah. We like us. Mm. Um, we to be on the throne. We, we, yeah. we love what we love and we hate what we hate and we want to feel good about doing, doing us. Yeah. Uh, and and, the, and the, the way God has ordered creation in many ways is going to tell us that's not the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> and this is where we kind of went in some circles earlier. So we'll see how it goes. So you mentioned um, general revelation. Yeah. You also mentioned specific revelation. Um, can you give us a, a thumbnail of both of those? And then maybe let's walk back through a little bit of what is he getting at when he talks about creation has, has left us without excuse, right? Sure. What, is, what are we not having an excuse for at that point? And then how do we how do we move forward from that? So sure. two terms. Yep, two terms um, that that aren't necessarily biblical. And when I mean biblical, like you don't yeah, find that right, word right. in the Bible. Right. Um, but it comes from verses nineteen and twenty. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're you're playing along at home and you're wanting to know where this is coming from, it's this idea that for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible, uh, in, <laughs> whoa, invisible. That's not a word either. That's a word from the office. So that is sure. super fun. <laughs> for his invisible <laughs> attributes, namely his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly perceived uh, ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Well, and and if you study theology, you're going to cross a term that is called general revelation, and it's this idea that God reveals parts of Himself or or some some things about himself and the way that Paul writes it here uh, is his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature through creation. So that is generally revealed to everyone, everybody on the planet, whenever they walk outside and they see nature, they see the, the, the way that nature works and the law mm -hmm. and order that happens there. They are going to see something of God's divine nature mm -hmm. uh, in, in those invisible attributes and his eternal power. So you have general, and, and then you have this idea of specific revelation, and that's different. That, that's more of proclamation, teaching, um, preaching, one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, communication with one another. And that specific revelation is the things that God's Word has told us about Him. Uh, and, and that is how we believe that we come to salvation, um, through specific revelation. Now, mm -hmm. there's an idea called general theology, uh, or general this idea that you can you can walk out into creation and it will tell you all that you need to know about God and how to be saved to God, which isn't true. Mm -hmm. uh, if that were true, then why did Christ have to come? Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, th those are those three terms. And to be clear, and I don't know if I was as clear as I could have been yesterday because I got a, a lot of text messages on that and they were like, hey, so are you saying general theology, not revelation, theology is a thing? Uh, no, it's... Uh, Yes, it is a thing, but it's not true. But it's not a true thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely bogus because it, if anything, uh, and this is the way I described it to to a brother. He and I were talking last night. Um, it's a, creation is a lot like the law. Um, it is never going to save you. It's only going to show you your need for salvation. Mm -hmm. And so Paul's going to write about that in the coming chapters. The law is beautiful. It is right and is just, but it is not a savior. Uh, at best, the best the law will ever do is tell you that you were broken and you need to be saved. Mm -hmm. Same for creation. The best it will ever do for us is to show us that we are insufficient in front of a holy God and we need to be saved. Mm. It's inadequate. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. We are like, inadequate, which is, I think, a good feeling, a good word to describe those feelings we have when we stand before the beauty of nature. Whoa, I am absolutely mm -hmm. inadequate mm -hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. So no excuse for believing there is a there is a creator, there is a God. I'm not right. him. Uh, no excuse for believing that something some something bigger than me did all of this, but we still need something more specific to drive us to the point that mm -hmm. that reveals our need. But we need that specific revelation to drive us to a point of, of response. Yeah, I think that's that's very well said. Um, understanding that 
let's let's talk about the word excuse mm-hmm. because I think understanding if I'm telling someone no no you don't have an excuse what am I telling them or what am I telling what was Paul saying to this audience right here when he said you don't have an excuse what 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 does that mean yeah so great question I think because this is not just a standalone in, in verses 19 and 20 um, but it this is a whole portion right. of scripture this is the wrath passage. Mm-hmm. And so it is pertaining to wrath. And there would be people who might say, I'm not under God's wrath. Nobody has told me that I'm under God's wrath. So how can I, how, how can I be responsible for something I didn't know I did wrong? And what mm-hmm. Paul is saying is creation has declared that you are indeed insufficient. You are inadequate. Mm-hmm. You don't have an excuse. You can't say nobody told you. Creation told you. Mm-hmm. So creation, in this sense, gave you enough to know about uh, God and His invisible maybe? attributes. I don't know if conviction is the right word, but maybe a, a, a recognition of your brokenness. Mm-hmm. Well, well, sure, because I, I want to be clear. This isn't like like when you go stand on the mountain ridge. It's not telling you, Josh, you are sufficient. You are insufficient. You are broken. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like what, it's, it, what it's doing, it's though. It's his bigness that makes it's you It's declaring what, what Paul says here is it's his invisible Visible attributes, attributes. Mm-hmm. namely his eternal power and divine nature. That's what creation is declaring. Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when David writes about it in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pour out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. It's this idea that what he created tells about him. Right. And so whenever we stand in front of creation, wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we can't say there is no God. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't say that, that he doesn't exist and he's not holy. And when we understand that, that is when that conviction falls yeah. on us or an inadequacy. I think that's well, good. And I think the, the, the way this passage is often understood is Paul is telling um, Sean well, that's a bad example. Go ahead. Paul, Paul, Paul is, <laughs> I'll take no offense. Go ahead. Paul is telling them, no, you don't have an excuse because you've been given general revelation. If you would have responded to general revelation, then you would have been saved. So therefore, it's still on you. You had a choice between choosing general revelation or not. And so if if you did not, you don't have an excuse. Because you didn't respond to general revelation. You're putting a different frame on what general revelation is. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that you're not an excuse to be saved or not. It's that you don't have an excuse to understand your brokenness. You should understand your brokenness because you have seen the goodness and the glory of God, which reveals your place, which is a place of neediness and brokenness. Mm -hmm. So you don't have an excuse to recognize the wrath that you deserve. That's essentially. Right. Well, that's, yeah, because it's, and that's it's not whether you frame. accept it or not. There's, t- to be frank, you, you don't get to accept this. <laughs> right, or right, not. right. This is the declaration. Right. It is what it, it is. is. What it we is. are all under it. That's why it's called general. It's for right. everyone, whether they want to believe it or not. They are. They're going to be. They're going to have this revelation that God is God, and they are not. Which again is why we, I think, see a lot of times humanity spiraling in so many different mm-hmm. ways, and we'll see it from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't think it's something to respond to um, because, and, and he's, I believe as we move forward in Romans, you can't respond in general revelation and say, well, I'm going to turn to God. The, the case that he is making is our brokenness is such to the core. It's not that some of us are going to suppress the truth of God. 
and some of us are not. We're all, all going, going to do to. that mm-hmm. because of our broken nature, that our sin nature that lives Unless inside of us. he takes action. That's exactly right. right. And, and right. he doesn't take action. Like, like it, it's not a thing until that specific revelation comes because what happens, what, what Jesus said in the Gospels, is nobody can come back to the Father unless he comes through me. Mm-hmm. And so that specific revelation, mm-hmm. and that's why Paul is going to be so adamant as he writes, we have to go and tell this good news. Mm-hmm. We've got to be the ones that, that herald the message. Go, go to Hebrews, whoever the author of Hebrews is. They're going to say, man, we, we, we can't stand by. We've got to go and tell mm-hmm. them. Because not only is the onus on somebody on when specific revelation comes, will they respond to it? But I believe as we read the scriptures, we're going to stand before holy God one day and give an account for what we did with the specific revelation that was trusted to us. Mm-hmm. If we are to be ambassadors with the hope of the gospel, mm. and we did no ambassadoring, if that's mm-hmm. even the, the verb of that, <laughs> Go with it. Um, then we are guilty. Right. We, we have not done with what we were supposed to do. And that's why when we say go share the gospel, that's not something you're like, oh, I think I'll share the gospel. No, this this why you have breath in your body. There's people mm-hmm. literally dying mm-hmm. without it, and we've got to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So in this, in this whole picture that we're painting with, with Revelation, part of it is us understanding God, mm-hmm. His power, who He is. Uh, as much as general revelation can reveal those things, uh, part of it is understanding us, that we are not God, therefore we can't go through life just saying, hey, I'm going to do, I get to play by my own rules. I get to create whatever rules and, you know, live however I want to because there's nothing else out there that's ruling over anything, right? So there's a acknowledging who we are as well. Yes, I think what you're saying is what should happen. I think what is happening and, and what does happen if before we come to Christ mm-hmm. is we do play by our own rules. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, we make it yeah. up as we go. Right. We, we suppress the truth. Mm-hmm. We put ourselves on the throne that we have tried to vacate Christ off mm-hmm. of or God off of, and, and we play the ruler. Yeah. Um, I, I think I remember, um, I can't remember who said it, but I didn't say it, but I, I do do believe it's true. We make terrible gods. Yeah. And so when mm-hmm. we sit on the throne of our heart, we are going to mess it up immediately and continue to do so. Mm-hmm. So when we declare that we are wise, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. This is right. This is this is better than anything the Bible says. It's brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. So part of that, we, we keep going back to the word wrath, and this is a passage that talks a lot about God's wrath. But you made a, a very important point, I think, that we tend to think of his wrath as the punishment he's going to give in a very overt, like, you know, hellfire and brimstone kind of way. Uh, but his wrath sometimes, well, not sometimes, I guess any time, mm. his wrath really looks different in the sense that it's letting us go where we say we want to go, right? Oh, that uh, yes. It, that's the scariest thing for me when I think about being alone, being, being scared. And, and I think the parable that Jesus gives us is an important parable to understand in this, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. um, that in his arrogance and in his dis, uh, disobedience and even in his rebellion to his father, give, I want you dead. That, that's essentially what he is saying to his dad. Mm-hmm. Give me my inheritance now. I wish you were dead. I wish you weren't alive here and I want what's mine so I can go do with it what I please. Mm-hmm. What would the father do? Mm-hmm. He gave it to gave him. It to him. And he goes off, and I, and I think there's a heartbreaking nature of the father, but I think the, the terrifying thing is when that son goes off and squanders all the money, and it's a Jewish parable. Hmm. And where does he end up? He's with the pigs, yeah. longing to eat with what they, the, one of the most unclean animals to them. 
And so he's sitting in there alone, terrified, scared that, that he thought he was wise, but now he's not. He thought, he thought that he, I mean, he had it all. He was, it was in his father's house. His dad was evidently wealthy. There was something great coming for him, but he cashed it all in early and it left him wanting. And so just to, to put yourself in that scenario, it has to be, has to be terrifying. And so for him to come back, and I guess his thought would have been, the father is going to be so angry at me, even if he lets me come, I got to come up. And you see in that, that parable, he is, he's, he's kind of going over a story as he's walking towards the mm -hmm. house. And as soon as the father, he's looking, and what the parable tells us is the father's looking yeah. out and from a distance sees the son walking up and the father runs towards him. And, and you know the rest of the story that he, he, he takes the ring and puts it on him, takes the cloak, puts it around him, takes the fattened calf, and, and there's this big celebration. And I think that's the beauty of the parable that we get as well, that there is always, as long as we have breath in our body, an opportunity for, uh, for corrective action. Mm. Um, but a lot of times we do think that God is, God is punishing us by bad things or, or uncomfortable things that happen in our life. Mm. I think the worst wrath, the worst punishment God can give to, to his creation is is to let him go yeah. because yeah. We, we will hurt ourselves more than God ever would. Well, I think, I think just the whole idea of, you said earlier, we make terrible gods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if, I, if God gives us over to that, then ultimately we find no fulfillment. Mm -hmm. we, we, we are miserable. We are like, we, we're dead to yeah. even ourselves. Like, like it's just right. the whole idea that it leads to death. There's no fulfillment. There's no life. Even what we may deem to think, oh, if I go this way, this is life, mm -hmm. or this is going to be good for me. No. O only God will bring life, and only God mm -hmm. will bring fulfillment. And so ultimately, to give ourselves over to ourselves is to, to give ourselves over to never being fulfilled, yes. never being satisfied. Um, and so so when we, we read about this, I, I, I think it's important for us to remember, like we, when we started the podcast— don't forget that Paul writes this entire letter, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and he's he's setting up a rhetorical argument, right? Uh, an, an argument that he's saying, hey, think about this. So it's causing the people to look inward and really taking them to a point of desperation mm -hmm. to go, I need mm -hmm. something more than myself. That's right. Um, so that he then is able to introduce, right. here's here's the, the one thing, here's Jesus yeah, that we that's, need. That's exactly right. Um, mm -hmm. And so... Um, so all this, as we think about God's wrath, um, as we think about being without excuse, it, it should lead us a point to really understanding that we, we're desperate people. That's right. That we, we need God and we need the promise mm -hmm. of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like we need those things. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah. a good word. And, and without giving too much about what, what's coming up, because you can read it for yourself. Like he goes as, even as far as to say, religion's not going to help it. That's right. Mm. Your, the way that you've always done it, it's not going to help it. Your, your new thoughts aren't going to help mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Only Christ is, yeah. is what makes yep. this brokenness yeah. put back together. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he really kind of encapsulates all of this under the idea of glorifying God, that mm -hmm. when, God is, when your life is not glorifying God, in fact, use the word catechism somewhere in there, mm. Yeah, uh, which is a word we don't use a lot around here. What, you want to explain to us a little yeah, bit? Yeah, so, so catechism is just this idea of, of teaching. Um, and it's, it's, you know, what a catechism is, is typically you're going to take young kids through 
uh, a course, uh, and it's going to catechize them, uh, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's going to take them and give them knowledge that they didn't know, mm-hmm. allow them to know it with the hope of shaping who they are, right? Yeah. So if you grew up not in a Baptist background, so let's say you grew up maybe Methodist or Episcopalian or Presbyterian, you probably had a, some kind of catechism mm-hmm. growing up or, or when you went through confirmation at whatever church background you had, usually you had to take some class before you had to be confirmed or confirmation. Usually that's a catechism. So there's a lot of catechisms. Uh, the Westminster Shorter Version is a great one if you were looking for something for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's even a newer version of that, and this is something we use with our kids called the New City Catechism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it takes a lot of those things. And simply what it is, these are deep theological questions that are poised in a way that from the earliest age, your kids can can know and recite. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't know the meanings, yeah. they can begin to have these answers kind inside of their Q&A heart. type That's format, right. right? So one of the questions is, what is the chief end of man? Like it's kind of the big question. What what, what was man created to do? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, man was cr- the chief end of man was that he would glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. And and so it would, it would reduce, Mike would say it this way, it would distill all of man's existence into those two things, to bring glory to God and enjoy him for an eternity. Mm. Um, and and I, I believe that's right. I, mm. I don't think that errs in any way. Uh, again, much like what we talked about the gospel, there is so much more in that, but there's nothing more right, to that. Right, yeah. Yeah, so when we think about our lives in, in the context of this passage and really throughout Romans, that's probably a good thing for us to keep going back to. Does oh, yeah. my life glorify God. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at my life, my heart and my actions, right? right. Does it glorify God? And uh, I think it's a great question to say, am I enjoying him? Yes. I mean, because I, I have known people that would say, I am a believer, but I don't know that I enjoy my that's relationship right. or I enjoy my life in Christ. Yeah. And so that's probably a good kind of heart check for it, us. It, I'm not going to bring a big discussion into Piper, but I mean, he, he tweaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, to say yeah. glorify God by enjoying Him forever. There right. you go. Right. Uh, and but his point is, when we enjoy Him, that is what is honoring to Him and right. glorifying to Him. Mm-hmm. Because it's when you talk about worship, we were created to worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, we we are created to find joy and ascribing weight and glory, glory to, God. to God. That's right. And that's that's where we find the most fulfillment. And if we're missing that, um, not only are we missing it. But I think he is not receiving what he created us to receive from. Right. That's exactly right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and if you're looking to read more on that, I mean, the Piper does a great work. Christian hedonism, the, mm-hmm. the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, what what we love is is what we're going to become. So That's if you're right. not loving God, you're not going to become like Him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he even makes a great argument, and it, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, if you died today, where would you go? He he turns it if. If you have not enjoyed God here, mm-hmm. yeah. what would ever make you think that you would ever want to enjoy God That's for an right. eternity? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so when when the the art of enjoying God doesn't start when you die. Mm-hmm. That's right. It should start now when God mm-hmm. makes you born again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great question. Great question. So um, we're kind of running stuff. out of time here. Good stuff, yeah. And we, y'all handled the conversation much better in the podcast <laughs> than before the podcast. Our so coffee like, kicked in. I think <laughs> we, no, I'm sitting on a lot <laughs> of withholds. <laughs> so come on. Mark, uh, Mark has volunteered <laughs> to field any questions yes. that come out of this podcast. Hey, Tim can, Evans y'all can at Broadmoor.org. Email him. He will take care of that Any force. questions you have, I'll give you five more. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So not, um, you know, in terms of the text itself, not one that, 
that you necessarily walk out with a warm, fuzzy feeling, but always one that we can walk out with hope. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to keep coming back to throughout Romans is there, there's uh, this back and forth between here's the need, understand where you are, and ultimately here's what Christ did to, to meet you in that. And so, Yes, which again goes to when we share the gospel. If the core of the gospel is Christ and Christ crucified, if you don't ever tell somebody why Christ had to come and why the crucifixion matters, mm. have we shared the gospel? Mm-hmm. And so the gospel isn't just, man, yeah. God loves you. He's yeah. got a plan for your life. Go, God. Yay. Mm-hmm. Like, like to share the gospel story yeah. is to share creation and brokenness right. and redemption and restoration. Like, like it's, the, it's that whole In order to have the good thing. news, you have to know right. the bad you gotta news. you got to know the bad right. because if you don't know the bad, the good news isn't good. That's right. That's it's right. just news. That's right. Good deal. Well, we will uh, pick Romans back up in two weeks, yes. uh, and we'll come back, and it will be a warm, fuzzy, <laughs> no, maybe not, uh, no. but it will have hope. It will have hope. It I, always I has hope, it will have because hope. it points to Christ. Did you say Christ. two weeks? Two weeks, because, two weeks. Uh, because what are we doing next week? We're going in the park. Yeah, but we're not going to do a podcast next week. But yeah, we're not doing well, Romans. Oh, different okay. text. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, so, uh, we're sorry. Doing doing <laughs> sorry. Somebody here doesn't so, know what he's doing. So because we know that people listen to this at different times and uh, not always the week after the sermon, um, on October the 2nd, which for us is this upcoming Sunday, we will not have church here at Broadmoor, but we will worship in the park. We will actually be at Liberty Park and the surrounding areas that day, so 9.30 service, same time for our service. Mm-hmm. Uh, would love for you to come and join us there if you're hearing this before the fact uh, for what ultimately is going to be a worship in the park along with Community Fest. And if you're hearing that and going, I don't know what Community Fest is, uh, this is the first time that we have called it this, and first time really we've done it this way, but mm-hmm. we'll be in the park for worship that morning, and then many of our church body are going to be hanging out and having uh, having lunch, kind of a dinner on the grounds sort of thing. Uh, if you have not already reserved your spot for that, we'd love for you to do that. And then after that, we will turn our attention toward preparing for the community to come together all around that area for uh, games and music and just a lot of really family fun kind of uh, atmosphere that will be from 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock uh, Sunday afternoon. So I uh, would love for you all, if you're hearing this before that, uh, to come out and join us, and uh, otherwise we'll be back here at Broadmoor for worship um, the following week back in Romans. It's going to be great. It's going to awesome. be great. Hope to Sounds see you there. Good. All right. Thank you, guys. It's been a fun day. Uh, I know everybody thought I was Mike up until the fact that Josh said something about if Mike were here or something like oh, that. Oh, so yeah. I, tried, I was trying to be Mike oh, throughout the, yeah. wow. the uh, podcast. But Good job. Uh, you, you know, did great. You did awesome. I'll, I'll let him coach me later, and we'll, we'll do better <laughs> next time. All right. Thank you all for being here. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at mybroadmore. Thanks for listening.